Hello, beautiful souls. I'm your host, Nicole Neshi, and welcome to the Intuition Age. My intention for this podcast is to cultivate a sacred space where we can collectively evolve into higher states of conscious and self-awareness. I believe that the sustenance and purpose of our being is already located within the depths of our souls. We just have to rediscover and realign with it. It's time to go inward to find all the answers, clarity, and knowledge we seek. So let's journey within. Welcome, Moonchild. I'm so grateful to have you tune into this cosmic episode with me. Before we dive into the magical essence of our sacred moon, I wanted to confirm that you are meant to hear this information when it is divinely aligned with your self-awareness journey. Some of the astrological dates that we discuss on this episode may be off depending on its release and depending on when you tune in, but the essence of the information is still accurate and prevalent. Now, the idea that the lunar cycle can influence people's behavior dates way back to ancient centuries. Mankind has utilized the moon phases since the dawn of humanity for seasonal observations, calendar systems, harvesting purposes, magic rituals, witch circles, pagan celebrations, goddess ceremonies, and more. On this episode of the Intuition Age, I am joined by metaphysical guide, healer, astrologer, and intuitive coach, Ursula McDade. And together, we will be examining the potent, ever-changing energy of the moon. The moon's phases act as a celestial clock that reflects the state and momentum of natural forces around us. When we understand and utilize the celestial energies around us, we can unlock tremendous flow and alignment in all that we do. Together, let's harness the energy of the moon. Hey, Ursula. Welcome to the Intuition Age. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. So today we're going to be talking about moon magic. And I'm really excited about this topic because I feel like the moon has been a topic of discussion for centuries, like literally dating back to ancient cultures. We hear so many stories and assumptions about the moon, like men living on the moon, men walking the moon, always men walking the moon, but females, their cycles being linked to moon cycles as well, and just moon magic in general. So I'm excited to really dive deep into this topic with you. So why don't we start just telling us a bit about yourself and then maybe how you got into moon magic? Yeah. Oh, I just, I just love the moon so much. I think I always have. Um, And let's see. So a little bit about me. I am in between titles right now. (laughs) I feel like I do so much and it's just, uh, it's hard to capture, but I do a lot of intuitive work, a lot of intuitive coaching, um, basically teaching people how to harness the powers or work with the powers of the planets and the moon and divine energy to create lives that are full of success and freedom and, you know, what, what people actually want to be doing with their lives. Um, for most of my life, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I kind of bounced around between ideas. And then 
I started getting into my own spiritual awakening and personal development and realized, oh, this, this whole sphere, this is how I want to spend the rest of my life. Um, so it really started for me with that, that personal healing of, I have these patterns and habits and problems in my life that I want to find solutions to. And so I started working with uh, Reiki energy, doing energy work and moving through the chakras and moving through past life gunk and healing and clearing that. And then really, you know, thinking about the question of how can I align myself with these energies now that I know about them, now that I know how powerful they are. And I started working with the planets and with the moon and it just felt so natural, um, like something that I had been doing for a long time. And I find the moon energy to be very, very comforting and very accessible, um, which makes it great for just kind of everyone. What was it that first drew you to the planets and the moon? Because like you don't usually think, especially doing energy work, it's not like, oh, let me just look up to the sky and try to align myself with, you know, the moon cycle, like the lunar cycle, or just like any of the planets as well. So what originally drew you to that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it was wanting to be successful and feeling like there was a key piece missing from my strategy or from, you know, whatever it was that I was doing. And um, the first thing I did was I took a course um, from Carolyn Elliott, who is just, she's amazing. She's the editor of Witch Magazine. I just, I love her so much. Um, So I took her course called Influence and you pick a planet to work with and get to know and, you know, embody their energy throughout the course. And I had initially picked Jupiter because that seemed to align with the goals. And that was really fun. I still feel like we have a pretty good relationship, but very quickly it, uh, it became clear that who I really needed to be working with was Venus, um, which makes sense. She's my chart ruler rules pretty much almost every single major aspect. Um, Are you a Taurus as well? I have a Taurus moon and Libra rising. Oh, so you're all Venus. Yeah. I'm Taurus. Yeah, I'm Taurus. Sun, Mars, and Mercury. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So I started working with those planetary energies and seeing, oh, wow, this this is really changing my life. And this is really fun. So, you know, setting up altars, setting up um, dedicated meditation time. And then that got me curious about, okay, well, what other celestial bodies can I work with? Um, And I started learning about the different moon signs and, you know, the zodiac signs in relation to the moon, which all came about as I was starting to really develop my study of astrology overall. Um, So it all kind of came together and I think just originated from that Mm, I need more power than I have access to right now to, you know, help me with my goals, help me with what I'm doing. Why don't we start then by first talking about what our moon sign means? Because I know people, especially beginning with astrology, we usually just look at like our sun sign, but like, what's the importance of the moon sign then? Yeah. So the moon sign is 
so key and so important because it is our inner world, our emotions, the way that we see the world, um, and just really like everything that's going on inside. And so our sun sign and our rising sign are kind of more of this, these external projections that people tend to see. And so it can be really interesting um, working with your moon sign because it, feel, it feels very personal. And it explains a lot about why we do the things we do, why we react the way we do, um, and just really everything about our emotions, which are so tricky and wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, it's, it's really interesting. My, my sun sign is Virgo and my moon sign is Taurus. And they're very, very, very different energies. The Virgo is like, okay, we need to do the thing. You need to get organized. You need to be working. Um, and then the Taurus moon is like, I'm going to nap and I'm going to eat food and I'm going to watch TV and I am just going to chill. So I think a lot of times people, if they're only looking at their sun sign, can feel this, this tug and pull and interplay between their sun and their moon. And it might just feel like uh, cognitive dissonance or, you know, why, why do I do that? Why am I the way I am? And so leaning into those characteristics of, you know, what is my moon sign? What are those personality traits I might be getting? And, and how can I embrace and, and work with those energies? Would you recommend then people getting into like moon magic and just moon knowledge, starting with looking at their moon sign and just trying to comprehend how that influences them directly, especially based on like what zodiac sign it's in? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think... Um, by understanding your own moon sign, it kind of opens that channel or opens that relationship between you and the moon, which is so key for working with the moon's energies. Why don't we actually start looking into the moon's energies? So this beautiful embodiment in the sky, I know it radiates just, hmm, let me see how I want to phrase this. It's just so influential. And I don't think we quite realize just how influence, influential it actually is in our own being and our own embodiment. So what energies does the moon actually radiate and how this is such like <laughs> a profound topic already, but just how does that influence us individually and collectively? Yeah. Yeah. The moon influences a lot. Um, I like to think of it as... <sighs> looking at the zodiac. So cancer is ruled by the moon. And so a lot of those characteristics that we associate with cancer also apply to the moon's energies. So this might look like, um, you know, sensitivity, emotional intelligence, nurturing, kindness, that, that divine feminine mother kind of feeling. And that's why I think the moon is such an accessible celestial body to start working with because she's very open and kind. I mean, you can see the moon behind me on my <laughs> tapestry. Um, it, it affects so much. So the way I really like working with the moon, well, a lot of ways, but one way is to allow myself to go through phases just like the moon goes through phases. So 
especially um, keeping in mind that there are periods of action and growth and forward momentum. And then there are periods of rest and planning and regaining energy. And so the, you know, the moon's not full all the time. So we don't have to expect ourselves to be in that fullness all of the time either. Um, And so honoring those cycles of, okay, I'm taking action now. Okay. I'm resting now without feeling that, that guilt of, Oh, I need to be doing more. Oh, I need to be more productive. And with that idea, leaning into the more divine feminine way of doing things, which is what the moon is all about, that divine feminine energy of, I get to have things come to me. I don't always have to be going out and making things happen. I can just sit here being radiant and worthy exactly as I am and and magnetizing everything I want to me. So those are huge in working with the moon. And then um, is that prevalent though throughout the entire like entirety of the lunar cycle? Or are there like certain, I guess, phases of the cycle where that's amplified? Or like, can we just like talk about quickly, like at what point should we be more still and like reflective and introspect versus like When should we be channeling like our manifestations and all that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's kind of the broad overview and then there's the way you can work with the individual signs. So overall, new moon is really good for planting seeds, for setting those intentions, manifestation goals. This is what I want to grow. This is what I want to happen. And then the full moon is wonderful for really everything. But especially letting go, releasing, making room, um, and also kind of reevaluating what worked, what didn't work. Then with the waxing moon, so as the moon is getting bigger, going from the new moon to the full moon, you, it's, uh, it's a period of growth and making things happen and taking action. So I always like to launch things, um, new programs and services and all of that with the waxing moon as we're kind of growing. And then after the full moon, as the moon is waning and getting smaller, moving toward the dark moon and the new moon, that's a time for more of that reflection and take slowing down a little bit and going a little bit more inward. And kind of think as, you know, settling down and maybe that might be a time for, for allowing for, okay, I've done all of this work. Now I'm ready to receive it because that is so key for manifestation. You know, if we're just running around all the time, taking action, we're, we're never in a place to actually see the fruits of our labor. So that was actually a really good explanation, but I want to maybe dive a bit more deeper with the specifics of it because like Virgo season's coming up, like a lot of earth signs, especially like Taurus, Capricorn. What do we do in regards to the entirety of that cycle when we're in kind of a placement or a sign where they want to be more grounded and introspect and reflect versus like taking all these actions? Yeah, yeah. So then I think it's really good to work with the individual signs of the moon. So the moon spends two and a half days in each zodiac sign every month. So 2.5 days approximately in Aries, then Taurus, then Gemini, then Cancer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes through the whole cycle every month, every sign. 
And so one of the things that I really like to do personally and for my clients is to look at a calendar of when is the moon going to be in, let's say, Aries? When is the moon? Because in Aries, you know, there's there's more of this forward momentum and energy and passion. I felt that a lot with like Leo season two, just like everything was so like accelerated. And I feel like during Libra season two, I just have a feeling I'm like, everything's just going to be so fast paced. So I know know personally, I'm excited that like Virgo season's coming up, just like tone it down a little bit or we are in (laughs) Virgo season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it can be so cool. So the, the Zodiac seasons when the sun, so sun is in Virgo right now. So the sun is in that sign for about a month. Um, And so that's really good energy to work with overall, right? So with Virgo season, getting organized, planning some things, throwing out your old clothes, you know, all of that kind of work. And then, you know, getting more nuanced with, okay, so one of the energies that really helps me make money um, and have ease of sales and, you know, selling feels really good is Scorpio. So I might want to look at, okay, next month or this month, when is the moon going to be in Scorpio? Okay, I know that's a good time for me to go out and sell some things. Um, And the best way that I like to get started with that is to just notice, right? Kind of start to track, okay, wow, today I'm feeling really tired and I just want to stay home. Okay, what's, what? sign is the moon in right now? What phase is the moon in right now? Okay, wow. Oh, today I was feeling really excited, but also kind of frustrated. Hmm, I wonder what's the moon doing today? Because even though there are these characteristics, like, um, you know, let's say, let's take that Aries example. So even though they say, you know, when the moon is in Aries, we have more energy. With your particular chart, when the moon is in Aries, you might like want to hide from the world and you might not want to do anything. Um, That's my moon placement, <laughs> Aries. <Yeah. laughs> and so being able to predict and track for yourself, I think is also really important. So then the influence of the moon, depending on where it is in the zodiac sign at a given point is completely individualized based on our personal charts, right? It is. Um, I think... <laughs> I think a good place to start is to assume that the moon is going to affect you in the traditional way associated with that sign. So, you know, assuming, okay, the moon is going to be in Gemini. That's a good time to get things done. That's a good time to generate ideas, maybe be a little bit social or, oh, the moon's going to be in Taurus. All right. It's time to take a bubble bath and chill out. Um, So starting with that, starting with the broad overview and then as you start tracking that, you're going to naturally notice, ooh, that wasn't quite true for me, or oh, yeah, that was very true for me. So it is individual, but uh, <laughs> it's a lot to start out with that very individual way of doing it. I agree. I feel like our birth charts in general become so overwhelming, especially when you start looking at like houses and degrees. So I honestly, exactly like what you were saying, just trying to follow the moon cycle the way it is just like generally happening right now versus like looking at it individually based on your birth chart. 
But what we do in regards to like the new moon and full moon are always in different signs when we're in like the same zodiac sign month. I don't know if I, if people are going to understand what I'm trying to say. So for example, like Scorpio season coming up, the new moon is going to be, well, I haven't checked the dates, but either Libra or Scorpio. And then the full moon is going to be in Taurus. So what do you do in that regard? So I feel like you go in with the mindset being like, okay, the moon this month is in Scorpio, but then full moon comes around and we're in Taurus. And those two signs are sometimes very contrasting, like they're sister signs. So how do you prepare yourself for something like that, which happens like every single month for us? Yeah. So what I like to do is instead of focusing on monthly planning, focusing on biweekly planning. So from you know, uh, planning around the new moon and then planning around the full moon because you're right there. Um, so let's say we are in Virgo season. That means that the new moon is going to be in, oh my gosh, I don't want to get this wrong. I'm pretty sure it means the new moon is in Virgo and then the full moon is going to be always in the opposite sign because it's the opposite side of the moon. Don't, don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> I know because we've been having some <laughs> new moons recently in like the previous sign. Like for example, Virgo yeah. new moon was actually Leo new moon. So I'm like, I need to check the exact dates because I I don't know at this point. Yeah, I'm actually I'm gonna look this up. I'm gonna look this up because I'm a Virgo and I I don't like being imprecise. Okay, <laughs> okay. So our next full moon is on the first, and it is in Aquarius moving into Pisces. Full moon is in Pisces. Okay, yeah. So the full moon, I was right. So the full moon is the opposite sign. So Pisces is on the opposite end of the wheel um, than Virgo. And then the new moon will correspond with the sun. So anyway, back to the the question of how to work with those is um, I like to look very specifically at that moon's energy. So let's say the full moon coming up in Pisces. Okay, cool. What are the characteristics of the full moon? Okay, that's going to be like, releasing, um, anything that you want to add power to, and then working with the energies of Pisces, which feel like, um, intuition, introspection, you know, any, any kind of psychic abilities, uh, working through your emotions and kind of slowing down. So then I would say, okay, that, that's going to be my focus. Those two things combined, that's going to be my focus for, that time, especially around the full moon, leading into the next, you know, week and a half or so. And then you can kind of feel, you can feel the shift in the energies as the moon starts to move into that next big phase. So let's say the new moon after that um, in Virgo. And so it's like, okay, the new moon is for setting intention, planting those seeds, thinking about our goals. And Virgo energy is very similar So that would be a great time to plan out your next six months, to plan out your finances, to clean out your house, you know, all of that combined. Then what do you do in regards to a new moon being in a really like accelerated sign, like a very fast paced sign? So like new moon coming in Libra, how do you pace yourself and do that planting and do that planning as well if you're in a sign that's so fast paced? Yeah, yeah. So it would look, so let's say, let's say it's a new moon in, okay, two examples. So new moon in Gemini, 
Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do well in that cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because it's, it's very, it's very fast. It's very energetic. And so that might look like quickly making a list of 10 things you want to manifest and then going and working out, um, you know, working with that, that quick paced energy, as opposed to trying to fight against it. Or let's say it's a full moon in airy, like, woo, I can just, I can feel that power just thinking about it. And it might not look like a quiet, you know, beautiful, serene ceremony by yourself and a white dress. It might look like uh, making a bonfire and burning all of the letters from your exes or something, you know, working with that, that fiery, passionate energy. What do we do when the moon, there's like an astronomical event happening. So even something just like an eclipse, like what happens to the moon and how does that influence us during cycles like that? Yeah. So uh, basically eclipses specifically kind of destabilize the moon's energy. So I recommend, I always recommend that unless you have been working with the moon for a very long time, and you understand its nuances, and you have a good relationship to just not do anything (laughs) during those eclipses. Um, You don't really want to put your crystals out to charge, because it's basically just uh, more chaotic than normal. So let's say um, there's an eclipse, and the moon is in Aries. That means you have some unstable, chaotic Aries energy floating around which might look like the more shadow aspects of the sign. So for Aries, it might be like anger and frustration and destruction. So you don't necessarily want to be working with those energies if you're used to like the normal, nice, oh, the moon is pretty gentle to work with. You know, even if the moon is in Aries, when it's not an eclipse, you know, there's still that nurturing and that loving aspect. But eclipses are kind of like taking the reins off. Um, (laughs) But that being said, they can be very powerful if you do have a little bit more experience about working with them. Um, So I think just just kind of feeling it out. You know, does this feel like something I'm I feel confident about? Uh, Can I still connect with this energy or does it feel like, oh, I'm I'm going to sit this one out. And then how about, how is the moon affected by say certain planets going through retrograde? Hmm. Yeah. Um, Is it even affected? That's a great question. I don't usually think about the moon as being very affected by that unless the moon is conjunct or next to the planets that are retrograde. So like, let's say um, like the, when the moon is in Capricorn this month, we have both Jupiter and Saturn retrograde in Capricorn right now. So that means that the moon adds her energies to the retrograde when she's in that sign. So this might be helpful. It might help soften it a little bit. Um, It might make it more difficult because we we feel really emotionally affected by the retrograde. Um, And then as the moon kind of makes her way through the cycle, she also goes into different um, aspects or, you know, angular relationships with the planets too. So let's say um, the moon moves from Capricorn up to, I don't know if my little wheel, oh, yes, I do. Let's see. I can tell you exactly. Yeah, it moves up to, I think it's Aries. Um, Then she's creating a square with the planets that are in retrograde, which is hard. So that might be a time when we feel like emotionally overwhelmed 
by the retrograde. Or let's say she's, um, you know, at a 60 degree angle, and this is very nuanced and specific, but um, that's a sextile and that's a positive relationship. So we might be able to have some emotional breakthroughs. So overall, it if you think about the zodiac and, and the planets as a circle, it's as the moon moves through the different signs, how are those signs relating to each other? That's a really good question just to like introspect <laughs> with, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm wondering because the moon rules our emotions. Mm-hmm. Are our emotions heightened and more influenced when in certain signs? So for example, like water signs? I would say definitely. I would say absolutely. Um especially, yeah, Cancer, Pisces. I think our moon is kind of always affected by what sign it's in, which is why like astro planning and astro tracking can be so powerful because I definitely, when the moon is in Aries, I get fiery Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I respond to people's comments on Facebook that I might (laughs) usually kind of let go. Um, When the moon is in Pisces, I mean, I'm so sensitive anyway, (laughs) that it just feels like nonstop crying, um, but in a good way, in a release way. So I think, I mean, personally, I am always affected very strongly. And this is also something that's really cool to keep in mind for social media and for marketing, because we kind of get a glimpse into what the collective might be feeling overall when the moon is in a certain sign. So let's say it's in in Virgo, you might want to share some organizational tips. Or if it is in Libra, um, like a a picture of your newly decorated space Mm -hmm. or something like that, that you can kind of tap into, well, what are most people probably going through right now? And how can I speak to that? Because it's true. Like when we go through, well, like, I'm just wondering though, from like a personal perspective, is it the moon that we should be examining the most? Because I'm like, what if the sun is going through a certain sign? Like, does the moon affect us more collectively? Or should we be looking at basically like what sign this, the moon is in, what sign the sun is in, what sign Mercury, Mars, whatever, whatever, they're all in as well? The short answer is yes, you should be looking at all of it. Um, <laughs> but I like to think of it um, like the closer the planet or the celestial body is to us, the more it's going to affect us personally. Whereas the further we get away from us, from the earth, the more it's going to affect society overall. Mm. So we're pretty close to the moon. We're really close to the moon, which is why I think it's such a good tool for everyday planning, monthly planning, weekly planning. Whereas, you know, let's say Pluto and Saturn right now, are doing some very interesting things together and it's affecting the entire world as we can see by what's going on. So um, looking at the more, what we call the personal planets like Mercury, that's why Mercury retrogrades tend to affect us so strongly because it's pretty close to us, Um, Venus and Mars. And so working with the moon, Mercury, Venus and Mars, first and foremost is gonna give us that kind of idea of, Ooh, this is what's probably going on for me and the people I know. Um, and then the sun kind of shines over everything. It gives kind of a flavor to everything going on. And so that is, I think, why people get really excited about, you know, the different seasons. Like right now, I have a Virgo sun. I am 
pumped that it is Virgo season. I am so excited. I identify with it very strongly. I'm, you know, <laughs> um, above kind of, okay, well, what's the moon doing? If that makes sense. It's like layers. And are we influenced by all the other moons in our galaxy as well, or just our one moon that we see in the sky? Because obviously other planets have their own moons. And Yeah, so um, in, in astrology, when we're looking at, you know, transits, what's currently going on, as well as our birth charts, um, you can get very, very specific with the different, uh, basically we call them asteroids, with the different asteroids, with the different... Uh, planetary bodies that aren't the major ones that we tend to look at. So you can go very, very specific into, you know, um, like Chiron, for example, is present in people's birth charts um, and is really important to look at for healing. And so you, you can go as detailed as you want into those different bodies. We just tend to focus on the kind of main ones first. So yeah, that makes sense. That would be so overwhelming if we start looking at all these like asteroids and stuff. They're just so kind of like you were saying, like we're influenced more heavily by planets that are closer to us. And yeah, the moon's closer to us. The sun's closer than us. So when we start looking at these like further moons, it's, it's just overwhelming. Like birth charts right. in general are overwhelming to begin with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really good work to go into once you understand your birth chart mm-hmm. overall, you can say, okay, I know what that is. 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 What else is there? And then kind of go into it, I think can be very effective. So I really want to start talking about moon magic though, and just some rituals and really trying to like absorb the influence of the moon and make it work in our favor. So what are some of your favorite moon rituals and just like moon spells and whatever else you may be interested in sharing with us? Yeah, I I love moon magic. It's just it's just so fun. It's just so fun. And it happens, you know, it can happen every day, but at least twice a month with the new and full moons. Um, I like to have moon circles every month on the new moons and full moons. And there's a lot you can do. So the easiest place to start is if you have any crystals, setting them out to charge under the moon. And you can do this outside if you have access to that, they will also charge just as well, you know, on a windowsill, on a table, even if you have a box under your bed and you're like, I'm going to say that the moon is charging these, then it will. It's everywhere, right? It's, <laughs> you don't have to see it for it to. Yeah. It's setting that intention for it to happen. Yeah. Um, something else that can be really fun for outdoors is creating a, moonwalk uh, path or a circle with some stones or sticks or anything that you find outside. And you can walk in it um, as kind of a walking meditation under the moon, setting your intention or, you know, a place to sit and meditate under the moon. Burning rituals can be super fun with the full moon, especially Um, creating a fire outside or in your fireplace or in a, you know, a contained safe space in your kitchen um, to release anything that's no longer serving you, to release any, you know, doing any cord cutting can also be very good with the full moon. Um, And then with the new moon, any kind of manifestation or intention setting, you know, this can be as simple as writing down what you want on a piece of paper. 
or, you know, adding in those different magical elements like candles, uh, burning a candle while you are setting your intention, creating that, that sacred spell space where you maybe burn a candle and then you write it down, you say it out loud and you do a little bit of, uh, you know, feeling into it or creating a sigil. Um, white candles are fantastic for any spell because they can be anything you want. So they're, and they kind of match the moon, which is why they're, they're my favorite to work with when I'm doing moon spells. But you can use, you know, any candle color that aligns with your intention. So, you know, red for passion, desire, love, forward momentum, green for money, abundance, health, fertility, prosperity all that good stuff. So you can play around with candle colors, um, playing around with different crystals, uh, selenite, moonstone, quartz are kind of my top three favorite moon ones. But really think about anything related to the divine feminine. So maybe even, you know, rose quartz and kind of those heart chakra crystals as well. Um, another super easy one is making moon water. So, you know, putting a closed container outside or on a windowsill to absorb those energies and then you can uh, drink it if it's safe you know if you didn't get it from a pond um, you can water your plants with it you can put it on your altar use it in spells sprinkle it on yourself whatever you want um, and then the the last one I can think of right now is another one of my absolute favorites is taking a ritual bath or a ritual shower. Where I was you set, just about to bring that up. Yeah. 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 Where you set that intention and you bring in whatever elements help support that. If it's candles or incense or herbs um, or crystals and to just make it this, this very sacred spa like experience. And the moon rules are oceans. Like it rules water. It's in the sign of cancer. So I really find that during new moons and full moons, just experiences taking like a salt bath and like lighting those candles, it really does heighten like my intuition and my psychic abilities and my emotions. Like sometimes I'll just get in and like, not sob, but like, yeah, like there's just so much tension that just gets released all at once. So it's so powerful, especially when it's in those water signs as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, so my first business was a bath bomb business. I made bath bombs. Um, I still do just not, not as frequently. And, uh, my absolute favorite ones are the new moon and full moon kind of ritual soaks. And I take like two baths a day, pretty much every day. <laughs> I don't know why, because I need to release a lot. <laughs> but I definitely find that like, it's, it's just like times 100 during those new moon and full moon, like you said. Okay, so I'm really intrigued about our own personal female cycles and just femininity and just the moon being this divine feminine essence in general. So can you share a bit how the moon just came to be this divine feminine being in our skies? Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the most important things to talk about with this is how our cycles do tend to naturally link up with the moon. A lot of people, you know, some people bleed on the full moon, some people on the new moon, but it tends to polarize around those two points in the cycle, which is so 
just amazing that we physically have this response to what the moon is doing. And it's really interesting. So I had an IUD for about five years um, and I didn't have any cycle. I didn't have any indication of, oh, my body's linked up with the moon. And it felt really challenging for me personally to not know, oh, I'm, I'm releasing right now and it's the full moon or, oh, I'm releasing right now and it's the new moon or, oh, you know, life is building and life could be building inside of me because I'm in that phase of my cycle and look, the moon's also doing the same thing. And so I felt very, very disconnected from that kind of being able to track your cycle with the moon. And I didn't know that it would affect me so much, right? I didn't think I would really care. I was like, oh, I don't have to have tampons or anything anymore. Great. Awesome. Um, (laughs) But when I started working with the moon, it, it kind of felt like, oh, I miss that. I miss that kind of internal sacred connection. Um, and so I think that also goes back to what I was talking about, about honoring your own cycles, honoring those times when you just don't want to do anything. You just want to eat and sleep and chill out. And I think it's just amazing that I mean, if you think about that, the, the moon controls the tides of the ocean, like we had mentioned before, and we're 70% water or whatever it is, 90. I don't know the exact number. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, it, it makes sense that if we are made up pretty much entirely of water, of course, we would be affected by the moon. Um, and especially having that womb energy, you know, of course, that would be affected by the moon as well. Um, and I think so often we, tr- so our society is very Saturn based, very masculine based of, you need to work hard to get results. You need to be doing specific things. You need to have a good work ethic. If you stop working, you're worthless. All of those stories that are kind of reinforced, which go directly against the divine feminine concept of no, Like I get to work two hours a week and make a million dollars or I get to, you know, the more I rest and the more ritual baths I take, that's my success. That's my worthiness. Like I'm worthy as I am. I don't have to do anything to prove it to you or myself or anyone else. I just, I am worthy. I am incredible. And so working with the moon, I think helps us connect back to that way of doing things. And regardless of, you know, male, female, what we identify as, I think we can all take a break from that divine masculine societal pressure and say like, no, I don't have to do anything else. I'm, I'm ready to be successful and happy right now doing what I want. And the moon cycles are just such a great opportunity for us to really tap into those relaxed, aligned energies as well. I feel like, yeah, especially, I don't know, just the contrast between sun and moon, like during the day, that's when we're expected to be hustling and doing all this work. And then you come home at night and it's like the decompressing, the relaxing. And whoever said that that was the notion, if during the day I wanted to be relaxed as well and at night feel heightened and feel active, like you could reverse that. And the moon cycle is just such a pivotal and prevalent example of that as well. It's like, okay, at certain points of the month, maybe, or I guess cycle, not really month, but maybe I just want to relax and stay at home and decompress and tap into a more emotional side of myself 
versus other times of the cycle where I want to take action and take that aligned action, be heightened, be, yeah, just like out there doing not just necessarily being, even though like it's so amazing to encompass both all the time. But yeah, there is, I don't know, it just really, it really makes you think just collectively how we are functioning. And I feel like we sometimes forget to really tap into that moon essence as well and really just understand that we're always in a constant, not constant cycle, but like different cycles. We're always entering into these different cycles and each cycle encompasses both like that relaxation part, but also that action part. And I feel like we tend to forget that. And then that's how we begin getting burnt out or feel like we're not living up to certain expectations and start getting hard ourselves and not feeling aligned anymore. And our manifestations aren't coming true. It's because we're not recognizing that as these contrasting binary dualistic beings that we do need to encompass both of that so just yes I don't know the moon cycle is just such a great reminder of that yeah yeah absolutely and it's also so helpful when you do feel stuck in those lulls or those periods of time where you're like oh I'm not being productive I'm not doing anything it's like that's okay because it's gonna pick up again naturally that I don't have to force myself to work when I don't want to because I am naturally going to have a little bit more motivation as time goes on, as we move through those cycles of the planet. And I feel like that's just so important to just do not force yourself. Like really, it's like, especially people who get more intensive like with their birth charts, just really understand who you are as this multidimensional being, understand where your placements are. And if you're in a sign that you don't necessarily align with, that is kind of contrasting to your chart, just take a step back. Like we are allowed to do that. We don't need to be taking action all the time. And I feel like honestly, my best manifestations and my best channeling and insights always come when I'm just still. Like always. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I was looking at my birth chart a couple of days ago. And (laughs) I realized that I have like pretty much every single planetary placement I have tells me you can be successful just by showing up as yourself and doing whatever you want. I was like, oh, okay, awesome. I'm just going to do that then. Like I'm not going to try to follow these systems and create these crazy schedules and force myself to work when I don't want to. I just, I, I get to work whenever I want to. And as long as it feels good to me, then I'm going to be successful. And I think that that kind of in general, as a rule is pretty true for most people that, you know, being in that alignment is like, what do I want? What do I actually want? What brings me joy? You know, joy is an indication of that this is aligned. What am I excited about? What's fun for me? And if I find myself pushing or trying to make things work, that's a sign to just stop, to just not do that because it's probably not what's going to be the most successful anyway. (laughs) No, I 100% agree. And I don't know, I feel like a lot of us, especially people who are like heightening their consciousness and elevating to different levels of consciousness and dimensional frequencies as well, we are really attuning to that fact where it's like the Saturn world society just isn't working individually and collectively anymore. Right. And I feel like, I don't know, like we're obviously biased. We're doing an episode on the moon, but just attuning to the cycles of the moon too and just trying to find like another planetary embodiment 
that we could like look up to and kind of engage with and link our personal cycles with. I know the Pluto Saturn energy is so heightened, like we're all feeling it. Maybe it's time to shift our awareness to, you know, (laughs) another planet. And I feel like the moon is such a good example of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that is the way that things are going and the way that things have kind of predicted to go. That's not good grammar. (laughs) (laughs) We understand. (laughs) The way that, you know, the natural swing back from Mm -hmm. control and order and divine masculine and doing Mm -hmm. as worthiness. And then eventually people are going to get tired of it Mm -hmm. and kind of swing back to that divine feminine connecting more with the moon or maybe Venus or really any other planet's way of doing things. It just so happens that Saturn has a huge influence over our society right now. But Mm -hmm. like you said, that's not how it has to be. And I agree that the moon is a great choice because it's so close and it's so personal and we can really feel its effects daily and quickly. And it's just so important. I feel like a lot of us are moved by what's happening collectively. Like we are doing actions that aren't aligned with us anymore because of like what expectations have been placed on us. And the moon is just so primed to help us like introspect and reflect and attune back to our own personal thoughts, our own intuition, our own emotions and lead with that versus looking at what's happening externally and trying to kind of build ourselves in a way where we're now just like carbon copies of the collective. Yeah, absolutely. We kind of went on like a a little little tangent, but is there anything else you wanted to mention just about moon cycle, moon magic, spells, rituals, Mm. anything? I feel like we encompassed so much and it may be overwhelming for some people too. Just how much information you just threw at them. Yeah, I think I want to circle back to kind of the best ways to start. Um, I would say new moon and full moon. Just even tracking when, what is coming up? When is it? And that could be enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then if you want to go deeper, okay, what is coming up? Is it a new moon? Is it a full moon? Okay, what sign is it in? Okay. And that could be enough. And like you said at the beginning too, just keeping a journal and writing down, okay, like how were my emotions around this moon cycle, around this new moon, this full moon? Did I take action during this new moon, this full moon? And just like start there, really start like examining how you were feeling personally, what you were doing personally during each cycle. Cause chances are like, like obviously these cycles are going to repeat and chances are you're going to be kind of feeling a similar way each time these cycles like resurface. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's such great advice. I can't wait for the next full moon. I'm going to try out all your rituals, all your (laughs) advice. (laughs) Ursula, thanks so much for being here. It was such a pleasure having you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nicole, for having me. If you feel enlightened and inspired by the intuition age, I would be eternally grateful if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. This platform truly allows me to act as a catalyst for expanding and elevating human consciousness, both individually and collectively. All shares, downloads, and subscribes help me distribute these divine topics to even more conscious souls. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you at the next episode.